The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well. I'm pretty sure I know the answer to that, though, on this Thursday afternoon. Rain was pouring down this morning. Uh, seems to be out of the way, and it's a little warm outside here in Auburn, Opelika. But, look, I hope you're doing well. I know the circumstances. Okay, I understand. All right, we got a lot to talk about today. I've got some some crow to eat and all that. I got to come on here and, and, and suck it up on this Thursday, but I'm happy to be here and I'm glad you're here as well. This is the Thursday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. I'm your man Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours right here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. So much to get to today. Uh, of course, basketball to talk about with Auburn and Alabama up in Tuscaloosa last night. You already know. I've got a lot to say about that, and I'm sure that you do as well, and we're going to take your phone calls today about that. We also uh, have uh, some football news to talk about, something that uh, Uncle T-Boat and I talked a lot about yesterday on the show, and then news broke about that topic oh, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes after we went off the air, something like that, around 5 o'clock maybe. So we have that to talk about today. And also, with it being Thursday, we have Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He'll join us to recap and give his thoughts on the basketball game from last night, preview the Mississippi State game coming up this weekend, also, a Tiger Talk tonight, so we'll talk about that, preview that as well. And then, coming up in hour number two, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. He will join us in the second hour to talk all things SEC, football, basketball, you name it. We're going to talk about it with him coming up in hour number two. Outside of those two guests, phone lines are open. Give me a call. How are you feeling? What do you want to talk about? 334 321 1390. That number again is 334 321 1390. Call in. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you saw last night. Let's get it all out. All right. We can we can use this as our all big therapy session on a Thursday here with me, your man Jacob Cohen's for two hours. All right. We're gonna talk all about it. And here's the thing. All right, Auburn goes up and Auburn loses last night. Auburn basketball, that is. They go up to Tuscaloosa and they lose. 79 to 75 and it was a game that I'll start by saying this I was wrong for the first time in maybe ever on the JG guarantee don't give up on me though I don't give up on me don't bail on it I don't take I don't whip that out very often and I did it a little uh hesitantly but I did it because I did think Auburn was gonna win they just didn't do it. But they could have. Some would argue that they should have. But they did not. So I apologize. I was wrong. And Auburn went up and just did not play good basketball at all. I mean, it just did not play good at all. They did not play 
good enough to win last night. Can we all agree with that? For 40 minutes, they did not play well enough and deserve to win that game. There were stretches that they did, sure. Right? They they played well enough at times to win that game. But for 40 minutes, they were not the better team. Alabama was. And that's why Alabama won. But man, oh, there's so many problems here. And I, I literally have a list that I want to run through today. Are you with me here? And jump in anytime you want to. 334-321-1390. I have made a list that contains over 15 things that I need to get to about this game last night. And it all started. It all started from the opening tip. How embarrassing for a school like Alabama and a program like Alabama basketball in an arena like Coleman Coliseum where we poke fun at it a lot for being an airplane hanger, for being old, for never being full, right? We talk and joke about that a lot. But man, on the biggest stage and one of the most anticipated games of the year so far, Coleman Coliseum got a little stage fright, if you know what I'm saying. They were not, it was not ready. The lights couldn't work. They let Auburn play a whole possession in the dark. Janai Broom hit a three. Maybe didn't even see the basket. We should have known that was the start of a good night for Janai Broom, but we also should have known that that was a sign of bad things to come. It got so bad, they had to throw it back to the studio and call it a lighting delay. Not a lightning delay, a lighting delay in a college basketball game. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And then, a couple of minutes later, the shot clock goes off. Buzzer goes off. We're in the middle of transition. And the buzzer goes off. They let it go. They let it go until Alabama got the ball. Then they're, oh, ho, 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 hold up now. Something's wrong here. Got to fix it. Unbelievable. Am I saying that's those are the reasons Auburn lost? No, let's be real. Right? Let's, let's, let's be real for a second. That's not the reason Auburn lost, but that was a sign of bad things to come over the next two hours. And it absolutely was. And look, Alabama should be embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed if it was Auburn. Couldn't get our lights to be fixed from pregame. Come on, man. It's unbelievable. But that's not why Auburn lost. Auburn lost because they didn't play good. Not only did they not play good, they played bad. Auburn played a bad game. And it's so crazy to me because numbers-wise, this was not another App State game. All right, The numbers weren't good for Auburn as a team and individually. They were not good, but a much-improved second half from the first half made it look better than what it could have been. All right, Auburn made two more field goals than Alabama. Did you know that? They made two more shots. Now, the percentages weren't great. Auburn made two more shots. Alabama made just two more free throws. And the free throw numbers were pretty even. Given all the fouls and non-calls and, and hesitancy on the side of the officials, horrible game as per usual. But the numbers aren't horrible. Auburn shot 42% from the floor. Alabama shot 38 
Auburn once again got out-rebounded, and that's not okay. Auburn is a much bigger team here. Auburn's the more physical team, typically. Auburn's the bigger team in this situation. Auburn is typically the more aggressive team. Not last night. Auburn got out-rebounded by five. By a team that is much smaller than them. But we all know the difference, right? We all know what the difference maker was. Heck, Auburn only turned the ball over 11 times. Now, some of those were timely turnovers, sure. But Alabama turned it over 14 times, most of those being in the second half, which is what led Auburn to come all the way back from a 14-point deficit at the half. 14 points down at the half on the road in Tuscaloosa. How many people, be honest, how many people checked out right there? You may have kept watching, but you're like, no, nah, this is over. Ain't no way. No way. It's over. Alabama's going to beat them by 30. I'm sure there were a lot of you that way. But Auburn was able to make a comeback. They went into the locker room. They withstood some runs. They came out. And they went on a run of their own. And eventually, Auburn came all the way back and took the lead. And then it was a dogfight down the stretch. And to be honest with you, it was a very exciting game. It was nerve-wracking. It was frustrating because Auburn just couldn't get ahead and get a lead and play good, consistent basketball for more than two minutes at a time. That was frustrating. But Auburn and Alabama played a really fun game last night. I think we can all agree to that. Yeah, it, it sucks that Auburn lost. It's disappointing that Auburn lost. We can all see Auburn was the better team long-term, overall, but not last night. Not last night in Coleman Coliseum, but we all know what the difference was. It was Alabama's three-point shooting. It's the difference like it always is. When Alabama wins big games, especially against Auburn, they hit the three ball, and they hit it, and they hit it a lot. Alabama was 11 for 30 last night, 36%, almost 37% from three. Auburn was 5 of 25 for 20%. There's your difference maker. And after all of that, Auburn still only lost by four. 334-321-1390. Let's get to the phone line. Shane, you're on the line, man. How are you? Hey, man. So, yeah, um, when they hit three, like three threes in a row, mm-hmm. that's, that's, when I, that's when I checked out. And it, 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 I don't know, it, it's probably different for, for some, you know, for, for certain fans, but so I, I grew up in Auburn, and, and Auburn is not just a, a team for me. Um, it, 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 like, literally, physically hurts me, and like, in the gut when Auburn loses games like like this. Um, especially to Alabama. Especially to Alabama. And um, I, I, I hate their coach. I hate I hate their team. I hate everything about them. You know, that's just I grew up here, and that's, that's just how it is. But it, it physically hurts me. I, I cannot watch us get just, just get beat. Uh, like, so, so when I see it happening, I, I can't. I, I like I just can't mm-hmm. physically I can't watch it so yeah I checked out and uh, you know I checked the score here and there 
And, um, yeah, I, 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 I knew the writing was on the wall as soon as those, those, those there was like three in a row. And I was like, yep, nope, can't do this. And, yeah. Um, yeah. We started off well and ended well. It was just, if, I mean, like you were saying, if we could have just stopped two of those three pointers. Yeah. You know? I know. I know. Just, and the problem was more. so many of them were wide open too, right? Especially in that first half. I think Auburn did a better job in the second half. But, yeah, so many of them in the first half were just wide open guys. And, look, Alabama's too good of a shooting team. They always have been under Nate Oates. If you leave an open shooter, it's like the NBA, they're going to knock it down. Yeah, I was a little disappointed in, in that, that, that uh, you know, you and I know that. We don't play. We're not that team. They, they uh, you know, this is what they do, uh, the mm-hmm. team, all the coaches and everything. So I don't understand how they were not prepared for that. And when you knew it was coming, you just watched any Alabama game, and, right. and that's their M.O. Uh, yeah. So I was a little, a little disappointed in, in that, you know, we weren't as prepared as to defend the three as, we looked, you know, we just didn't look like our, the team that we've looked like the past, you know, I don't know how many games we've been. <laughs> the rest, the whole rest group. of the season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you're, you're absolutely like right. The first half. So the first half, we didn't look like it at all. Right. And um, it, was just, it, was, it was hard to watch, and I couldn't watch the rest of it. So, yeah, that's when I checked out. Yep, I understand, man. Thanks for the call, Shane. 334 334- Three, two, one, thirteen, ninety, and a couple of things there that he was saying. Yeah, that first half was just so uncharacteristic of this Auburn team, of this Auburn team. We've seen this team. We've well, I'll say this: we've seen this program go and play halves in games like that before, right? Well, I mean, that's not the first time we've seen Auburn go and 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 sh- get shaken in their boots on the road somewhere. But this Auburn team has been a little bit different. Right now, road games haven't been overly kind. I mean, App State was not a good performance. The Arkansas game was, but that one was over before it started. And Arkansas is not all that great. And so we were expecting this to be the same thing we've been seeing, was dominance for pretty much 40 minutes of basketball. And that didn't happen here. It didn't happen. And especially in that first half, like Shane was talking about, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Alabama. You really do. They had a good game plan for Auburn. Their defense was good. Their offensive game plan was good. Auburn was flustered in that first half. I mean flustered. They were lost like a puppy in the road. Had no idea what to do, where to go, how to act, or how to get out of the way. They couldn't do it. And that was bad. And I haven't seen Auburn play like that since App State. And I think Alabama deserves a ton of credit for that in that first half. And then you look at the spreads and you look at the first half, second half. Auburn won the second half by 10. They won by 10 points. So if you don't go down by 14, you win that game. If you play any significant stretch of the first half like you did the second half, you win the game. Which tells me, that Auburn's still the better team. Auburn's going to be okay. But I'm with you, Shane. The fact that Auburn's game plan sucked going into the beginning of this thing, knowing that Alabama has one thing they can do well. One, they shoot threes. That's all they got. And the fact that you couldn't do anything about that really, really upsets me. 
334-321-1390. We've got all kinds of phone calls. We're going to get to those when we come back here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Don't go anywhere. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Lots more phone calls to get to here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. And uh, my color commentator for Lee Scott, Christian, you're on the line, man. What's up, brother? You're just saying, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, what uh, You got thoughts on uh, Auburn basketball from last night? I do, I do, but not necessarily what's, what was on the court. Uh, I just wanted to see if ESPN had hit you up yet uh, or if you had any insight on if you were going to be announcing with them for the the entire first half like Milrow was or if they're getting coach freeze on there or something because uh it was not an ESPN broadcast it was it was an Alabama home broadcast and uh I have a little lady that you met for the first time here not too long ago and you know this is completely unbiased with her because she doesn't necessarily pay any attention to basketball but after the game was over we were talking about Jay Will and his broadcast, and uh, she was she was shocked, I would say, to find out that he was not the Alabama color commentator for that game. Wow. Wow. So that's what an outsider, kind of a non-sports POV looked like on, on, on uh, Jay Williams being so – th- she thought he was an Alabama color guy, huh? Yeah, she thought that, that he was kind of with Milrow because she saw how everything went down in the first little bit. And right. then, you know, she was sitting there watching the game, and – because just about every single foul that was called Ugh. that went against Auburn, there was some sport, some sort of explanation why. Even the the ones that were, I get it, it's a textbook foul, but I don't like it. And the other guy was like, okay, well, that doesn't necessarily matter. And they got to the point where, yeah, she was sitting there and said a couple things afterwards that I don't know are appropriate for radio with inappropriate <laughs> things, but saying that he was uh, very much favoring the Crimson Tide. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he last night. So I just wanted to see if you were if you were going to be announcing with them when they come here in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't got that phone call, but I'm I'm definitely down to be an Auburn Homer <laughs> color guy if need be. I mean, I, I I'm good for that. And and yeah, are they going to bring uh, are they going to bring one of Auburn's players that they are they going to go get um, uh, Keontae Scott or Eugene Asante and put him on the broadcast for the first ten or fifteen minutes? I'm good with that. I think Auburn fans would enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, I, I think it would be a whole lot of fun for Auburn fans, but that being said, you know, the ESPN would get all sorts of backlash if they did something like, like that. Of course. For, for a quote, little little brother program. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, it was really weird, and, and look, I'm good with bringing guys like Milrow on a broadcast, but I mean, he was there for, what, 15, 20 minutes, and then, yeah, you know, when it comes to when it comes to, to Jay Williams, I like him. You know, he's been on, like, national ESPN radio, and he does a lot of NBA and, and you know, analysis and stuff, but yeah, yeah, just a little, I don't know, just, I, I don't know why Jimmy Dykes got pulled off of that of that team with, with Carl Ravage, because, man, those two guys are phenomenal. They are. They are. I mean, there's there's a Lee Scott guy that, that I hear a lot of the voice uh, for a majority of the game, and I think he does a, a pretty dang good job, too. So yeah, I think that I think crew does a good job. To him tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, for those of you, uh, again, just tuning in or, or catching the back end of this, Christian is my uh, he's my Keller commentator for Lee Scott. We will be on the air tonight. Uh, we'll be over on Tiger Country 104.5 uh, for Lee Scott Basketball. On the road at Glenwood, final regular season games will be on the air at 515, so be sure people go and check it out. And, uh, Christian, I'll see you in a little bit, brother. 
Yes, man. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it, Christian. 334-321-1390. We'll continue rolling on as John and Auburn. You're on the line, man. How are you? i tell you what, the Lee Scott Network just keeps rolling on. <laughs> um, hey, had a couple comments. Yeah. Had a couple comments about last night's game. What's your thought on? Okay. Uh, number, number one, I think I'm going to take a different take than you. I think this is several times that Auburn has lost its composure in big games. This and year? And kind of the moment got too big for them. Happened against Baylor, happened against App State. Now it happens on the road in the SEC. What I will say is in the same type of environment, the mistake has not been repeated yet this year. Hmm. Okay. But I, you know, just, a, just a thought. And, and I, don't think you're like, I don't think you're wrong on that, John. I really don't. I mean, the, I, the, the end of the first half really got away from us in a hurry. Yes, very much so. Very, very second, much so. Second question I had for you, okay. or maybe first question, where do you see the rotation come tournament time? So I'm looking at Leor Berman, who got seven minutes last night and had a plus-minus of minus nine. Yeah, I, that's that's one of the many I mean, many things on doing? that's one of the many things on my list, John. And we'll go ahead and address it right here. Look, I like Leor Berman. I think he's done really good things at Auburn. He's been here for a long time. I respect Bruce Pearl and that coaching staff and their decisions on in games, before games, after games, whatever. But that environment, that that game in that circumstance, Leor Berman should never be on the floor. I'm sorry, he and, shouldn't. And, and, and it's what I talked about yesterday. Why is he checking Mark Sears? Bingo. Bingo. Makes and no sense to me. Give Alabama credit. They did their job. When Leor Berman came in, they began running, running plays to make sure that Leor Berman got switched on to Mark Sears. And then, guess what? He gave up five straight points. That's a layup and a three-pointer in his mouth. Guess what, John? Auburn lost by four. Bingo. Bingo. So, anyway, just my two cents. Thank you much. Thanks so much, John. 334 321 1390 and yeah like I said that's one of the many things that I need to get to on my list when it comes to this game last night and um, John bringing it up is perfect because everything I just said I'm going to repeat I like Leor Berman I do I think there was a time and a place for him at one point on this team in this program but with the guys that are on this team now in the elevation of SEC basketball He's not up to that standard anymore, in my opinion. Doesn't mean he's not a good basketball player. Doesn't mean he's not a good person off the floor, right? Doesn't mean we don't like him. It means he did not belong in that game. He did not belong guarding Mark Sears, the best player for Alabama, who could not score, who could not be the one to beat you. And guess what? He did. And credit to Alabama. They did their job, they saw an opportunity, they saw a weak point, and they went after it. They attacked it, and they did it extremely well. And in that moment, Mark Sears went two for two, five straight points, and he scored on Berman. And Auburn lost the game by five or by four. So you tell me, is that the only reason Auburn lost? No. And nothing that I talk about today or you talk about today, there's not one singular thing that's the reason Auburn lost. But there's a lot of big things that add up to that picture. And again, I'm going to say this. All of that led to just a four-point loss on the road at Alabama where they shot the lights out, where they played their Super Bowl, where they played the game of the year for them. 
And that's what happened. But the Leor Berman thing really, really did fire me up last night. And there were so many, so many things. And John mentioned it there as well about this Auburn team. They were rattled last night. They were rattled. They were scared. They didn't know what to do. They got punched in the mouth numerous times and had no idea what to do. Jalen Williams went back to his timidness, scared play. KD Johnson went back to 2021 and playing like the Tasmanian Devil. Chad Baker Mazzara, God bless him, tried to do it all by himself. And without Janai Broom, Auburn loses this game by 40. I don't know, man. Lots more to talk about with this. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joins us after this. We'll talk basketball, football, Tiger talk, and then later on, Chris Gordy, host of Lock.SEC, joins us. But Brad Law coming up after this. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 1067. I'm Jacob Goins, and we're joined by Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network, who's with us every Thursday at 2.30. And Brad, I appreciate your time, and uh, today may not be the uh, the the happiest of conversations. It's been a pretty uh, heated 30 minutes so far of the show, man. Really? What, uh, what, what, what's been getting people going today? People are fired up that uh, there's a limited amount of baseball tickets left for the season for Auburn coming up. Okay. Well, that, that, yeah. I mean, listen, it's going to be rocking over there. Yes, it the is. Park. Yes, it is. Here, one of the best environments around, even with, uh, you know, we may not get as many people over there in that building, but... Uh, we're, we're just as fired up and as passionate as some of these places that'll hold nine and ten. So oh, there's no doubt. Looking forward to it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well, of course, uh, we've been talking about uh, what happened up in Tuscaloosa last night. Uh, through the rain, through the storms, and uh, through some lighting problems, Auburn did play Alabama in basketball, and they go up and uh, didn't play a great game, Brad, of course, and they fall by four, 79-75 there to the Alabama Crimson Tide. One of the longest winning streaks in the country has come to an end. And Auburn still looking for that first quad one win. What did you see there in Tuscaloosa last night? Well, I'll tell you, the more I the more I look at this game and the more I study the you know the final stats and think about how the game played out, the more frustrating it is because it was an opportunity. Um, let me preface all this by saying I'm not really a, a guy that hangs on losses all that long because I don't know that it's terribly productive. Like mm-hmm. it's. Life is so much more about now what than it is what has happened to you. You know, it's not necessarily what happens, but it's about what now. And I think the team has turned the page. They're focused on Mississippi State, and that's another story. But it does – it is a missed opportunity. Look, before the game, I kind of broke down the first five conference games and the leading scorers for the opposing teams. And those two leading scorers for Auburn's opposing teams for the first five games of league play – we're averaging a total of about 31 points per game. Auburn had limited them to an average of about 20, so 10 to 11 points below the average. 
So if you look at Sears for Alabama and Estrada, they're two leading scorers. They average 33 a game. So to hold them 10 to 11 points below their combined average, you needed to hold them to 22. Well, Auburn held them to exactly 22 because they held Estrada scoreless. He's yep. over five. Um, you did that. Um, you know, Auburn shot 42%. Auburn shot a better field goal percentage. Um, Auburn won points in the paint. Auburn had more blocks, more steals. What Alabama did a little better was they shared the ball better, which is not usually what happens. Auburn protected the ball better in the second half, but had way too many turnovers in the first half. I think Alabama was plus 12 in points off turnovers in the first half. Um, I thought Auburn took too many threes, 25 of 67 shots. That's kind of what Alabama does. In fact, it is. 30 of their 68 shots were from three. Mm -hmm. Auburn took 25 of 67. So if you take all that into consideration, you take into into account the fact the game had three or four completely – unnecessary and um, inexcusable delays. And it's it's the peak of that. I believe we could very well look back and see the peak of Alabama's season last night in Tuscaloosa. That's no disrespect to them. I just, I, I don't, well, and maybe it is, I don't, but I don't mean it in a nasty, disrespectful kind of way. I just, I think we could look back and see their season peaks with a with a home win over Auburn, and I think the peak of Auburn's season is still to come. Numbers didn't really take a hit at all, literally, uh, from the loss last night. And uh, but when you take all that into consideration, you only lose by four. That's what makes it frustrating. It was there despite all of those things. It was there for the take. Yeah, Auburn losing the first half by 14, winning the second half by 10. Um, The adjustments were made. It just seemed late in that first half, and we've had callers talk about this already, Brad. It just seemed Auburn couldn't stop the bleeding, right? They couldn't figure out how to get out of that rut, and Alabama took advantage of it. Well, and to be fair, it's not, you know, let's not hold Auburn to a to a standard that literally nobody else can hold up to a number of teams. Alabama's won 12 straight SEC home games now. That's what they do to teams. And quite frankly, I was a little leery last night, minus 14 at halftime, because we've watched Alabama, We've watched this Alabama team take three- and four-point halftime leads and make them 25 at home before you can blink. Yeah. So they're, expl- they're going to do that to teams. They're going to shoot 33s. Um, some nights they're going to make six of them. Other nights they might make 16. It's just how they go. And last night they built that big lead. And I thought it was kind of a turning point of the game during that run, what facilitated it. Um, the first, so Auburn got the six to nothing lead. And then the first four baskets that Alabama made, Auburn immediately came down the floor and answered. They traded field goals for the first four buckets. And then Alabama made their first three, and Auburn turned it over. And then Alabama made another three, and then Auburn turned it over. And then they made another three, and Auburn didn't answer. So, And I thought at that point, Auburn sort of got a little sped up. They started that, – that's when the three-point barrage started. And any game where Auburn is shooting – you know, that many threes as a, as a percentage of their overall field goal attempts, especially on a night where, you know, Janai Broom couldn't be stopped. It's just too many. And when they stopped answering the field goals, not even two to one, but it was, you know, four straight buckets that Alabama made, 
that Auburn couldn't answer back on the other end. That's you know that they gained the upper hand and they never really relinquished it as good teams will do at home. And nobody's ever doubted that this Alabama team was not a good team. And you know you bring up the one of the few bright spots and it was Janai Broom who had 25 points, 11 of 17 from the floor, one of two from three, the one being uh, the very first basket of the game in the dark, uh, two of two from the line, 14 total rebounds and five blocks for Janai. I mean, you said it, Brad, he was borderline unstoppable, which really does confuse me on why Auburn started taking threes. I think you mentioned it. It was kind of out of panic trying to play catch up a little bit, but yeah, Janai Broom had one of his better games of the season. He did, and I'll you know I'm not trying to make well yeah a little bit or I'll I'll jump on board with uh, Coach Pearl mentioned last night, but he didn't make a big deal out of it, and I didn't really think anything of it at the time because look on the other end, Grant Nelson you know with a with an offensive rebound put back jam to take a either one or two point game into a three or four point game in yeah. the final minute and a half was huge, and the fact that Alabama got. Um, 21 second chance points off of 16 offensive rebounds. The big knack on them coming out of Knoxville was offensive rebounding. They got killed on the glass, and they clearly responded to to that challenge. And uh, they were plus nine in second chance points, and down the stretch, huge offensive rebound. So that was sort of where the focus was last night. Um, as I've looked at it more and more today, Janai made 11 of his 17 shots. He was fouled on two of his made. He went to the free throw line twice. Not on any of his six misses. Both of his free throw attempts were and one mm-hmm. opportunities. Now, he fouled five times himself. He fouled out of the game for the second straight year in Tuscaloosa. So, I, you know, a guy who draws that much attention from the opposition after the start that he got off to, and was, I don't know, those 17, he may have had two or three triple tries. So uh, he didn't get fouled more than a couple times hmm. on like 14 or 15 low post takes. But well, he fouled. A little sketchy, five times Brad. A little sketchy. It's, uh, you know, again, credit to Alabama for the offensive rebounds. And, you know, they shot 17 free throws in the second half, but Auburn shot 14. Yeah. So. Little things make the difference in the game. I could come on today and argue that you had two very clear technical fouls. I've yet to understand why the beginning of the game was not a delay a game technical foul on the, the facilities and game operations. Mm-hmm. That happened to Auburn a couple of years ago. We had confetti fall from the from the stands or from the rafters and were assessed to delay a game technical foul because of that. No idea why that wasn't done last night. No idea how you missed deny clearly getting stomped. Uh, stepped on I have no idea how you miss those things um, but at the end of the day can't let it beat you twice you got to look to Mississippi State and regroup and, and get the job done Saturday and maintain your momentum because again aside from and I don't want to undervalue the importance of beating your rival on the road it would have been a terrific win for this team but you literally lost no spots in any of these computer rankings. So you didn't lose anything aside from the game itself. So you can't let them beat you twice. you got to go take advantage of the opportunity at State and keep the momentum that you have uh, in your regular season. 
Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us here on ESPN 106.7. Joins me every Thursday at 2.30 talking Auburn basketball as we do look ahead to this weekend, Brad. Uh, Auburn coming off the loss to Alabama. Two straight road games. Another tough one on Saturday afternoon in the hump over in Stark, Vegas. Uh, they'll be taking on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. 2.30 start. Uh, pre-game will begin at 2 o'clock over on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. I know you guys just wrapped up the Alabama you know, broadcast and, and the study but I know you guys work ahead. We all do that in this business. So uh, what can you tell us about this Mississippi State team as Auburn gets ready to travel to Starkville? It's Tolu Smith. State fell by nine last night at Florida. Uh, so they've traveled back home. Auburn has, uh, you know, because they've been on the road, they actually will go. Mississippi State has to travel further from their last game than Auburn does to get to the game in Starkville Saturday. So I don't think that makes a difference at all, really. Um, But, yeah, they fell behind Florida. They tried to come back toward the end, couldn't do it. It really goes as Tolu Smith goes. Uh, The senior forward, 6'8", nearly 250 pounds, was injured until uh, making his debut on December 31st. And he played just 16, uh, or rather just 19 minutes in that game. His minutes have steadily gone up, 19, 20, 29 30. Last night he played 32 minutes against Florida, but he had his lowest scoring output and he fouled out of that game. So another opportunity for the bigs, for Janai, for Jalen, for Dylan, uh, Chad Baker-Mazzara even, to, to you know play physical, not back down from Tolu Smith, maybe get him in foul trouble, maybe get him out of rhythm because he had his worst game last night since uh, uh, since uh, coming back from his injury and, and rejoining the lineup. It's a team under Chris Jans that is built first on defense, so you're going to have to be patient offensively and take care of the ball. Both these teams like to turn the opponents over. Uh, we saw that was a problem for Auburn on the road in the first half last night. Got to protect the ball better, especially in the first half against Mississippi State. Yeah, and you know, you bring up Tolu Smith, and, and I was going to ask, it will be by committee. I don't doubt that. But what rotation of guys do you put on him defensively for Auburn if Brad Law joins the coaching staff with Bruce Pearl? Who, what rotation of guys do you put on Tolu Smith defensively to, to slow him down? Because I don't think you can stop him. Yeah, I promise if, we're, if I'm on the coaching staff, our NCAA tournament uh, streak is, is probably over <laughs> if we ever get to that point. Um, I, I think it's a rotation of guys, and you just kind of wear him down as the game goes on. I think yeah. it's Janai sometimes. I think it's Jalen sometimes. It's, Auburn, you know, Auburn does a good job of switching defensively, and the guards have quick hands. I mean, you wouldn't want Aiden on him um, for for an entire possession or anything like that. But you know, quick hands, strip and rip from your from your guards, and then just constant physicality, defense without fouling, as Sonny Smith likes to say, from from uh, Janai, Jalen, and Dylan. Those three specific or, or particular uh, that trio. I think they're the ones that you use to try to wear down Smith. And, oh, by the way, they have other really good players, too. Hubbard is a a guard who is scoring tremendously. He had 26 for them last night, took 25 shots. Mississippi State took 75 as a team. Hubbard took 25 of them. So a volume shooter. He took 25. Smith took 12. Nobody else had double-digit shot attempts for Mississippi State. So Hmm. focus of the guards will be Josh Hubbard. Focus of the bigs is Tolu Smith. 
Auburn taking on Mississippi State Saturday, 2.30. Again, here locally, Auburn, Opelika. You can catch the radio broadcast with the Auburn Sports Network, guys. Uh, it will be over on Wings 94.3, wingsfm.com, pregame 2 o'clock, and tip-off set for 2.30 in Starkville. Also on Wings 94.3, tonight, Brad Tiger Talk, the weekly coaches show on Thursday evenings. Tell everybody what they can uh, expect to hear on Tiger Talk tonight over on Wings. It's a variety plate. It's a charcuterie board tonight on Tiger Talk. There you go. Will, um, we're in the studio. We have interviews with Jeff Graber to talk gymnastics, Leroy Burrell to talk track and field. They're both, both are both at Arkansas this weekend. Uh, Coach Jay is going to be on the show tonight uh, to talk about Dewana Bonner's jersey retirement and the win over Alabama and the upcoming game against Georgia. Um, and then, uh, of course, we'll hear from BP as well they're as we said they're on the road so they're between Starkville and Mississippi and uh, and uh, Tuscaloosa but uh, we'll hear from BP on tonight's show as well so we'll go a little bit all over the place tonight from the studio from the studio yes Tiger Talk six mm-hmm. to seven uh, with with everybody there from the Auburn Sports Network and again locally Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network he joins me every Thursday at 2.30 here on ESPN as always man we appreciate you uh, you guys do such a wonderful job and we're looking forward to Saturday Appreciate it, Jacob, very much. War Eagle. That's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Again, he's with me every Thursday talking all things Auburn athletics. And so uh, you be sure you're here every, every Thursday, man. We have a lot of fun uh, with Brad joining us on the show, talking all things basketball today, of course, with Auburn losing to Alabama last night in Tuscaloosa. We'll take our final break, come back, wrap up hour number one. Phone lines are back open. Give me a call. What do you want to talk about on this Thursday afternoon? How do you feel? We got a lot more to get to when it comes to the basketball game last night. Some football news to go over as well, plus other scores around the SEC and college basketball. All that coming up as we wrap up hour number one on the other side. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. We appreciate Brad Law from uh, the Auburn Sports Network joining us on the phones as he does every Thursday in the first hour. So uh, appreciate him. He always has a a unique perspective, right? A a way with words, if you will, uh, from Mr. Brad Law. So we appreciate him and, and I appreciate his time, his friendship and his working relationship that we've got with the Auburn Sports Network. Hour number one, got a couple of minutes left. Uh, We'll get into hour number two. Uh, More, much, much more uh, to talk about when it comes to Auburn and Alabama basketball last night. Also, we'll go ahead and just throw this out there really quick, and we could talk about this in the second hour if you want to. Um, The news that broke yesterday after we went off the air, the drive was on here on ESPN, uh, but the news that we, and Uncle Tebow and I talked a lot about this yesterday, and I had word that it could be coming I did not know that something was going to happen and a decision was going to be made yesterday afternoon I did not know that uh, with Ryan Williams who uh, recommitted to Alabama uh, to go and play for new head coach Kalen DeBoer in the Crimson Tide he obviously has not signed yet uh, but he has committed uh, to play for them and signing the signing period his signing day on his birthday coming up in just a couple of weeks and so um, Auburn I think is still I mean they're still going to push right they're still going to make their efforts for it uh, and for Ryan Williams to try to complete the uh, the freeze five but you know given given what 
Alabama did, what Kalen DeBoer did since he got there. I mean, I, I guarantee, I know this, uh, that they made Ryan Williams a priority. They made him one that they understood that, look, Alabama had to keep him. And I know he decommitted, which is why I said he recommitted, right? But they had to go get him. And, I mean, he was one of the last few pieces that had not just completely abandoned ship uh, when it comes to recruiting since most of them have obviously signed already. Um, but I, I think they just understood, like, man, we have to get Ryan Williams. We cannot afford for him not to be on this football team and in this football program next year. And look, in today's world, there was some more on top of that. I mean, it wasn't just the the fancy words that Kalen DeBoer used. All right, It wasn't just the the nice little trip that he had to Tuscaloosa. That's, that's, not, that's not all of it, all right? We, we all know what we're talking about here, and he got paid, all right? I mean, he, he, he got paid, and that's not in a negative, connotative way. That's not in a bad way. That's not me dissing them or any means because every school's paying guys. It's called NIL, right? We know what it is, but I think they probably found a little bit more extra cash, and Money talks, right? That phrase has been that phrase has been around for a long time, and I'm not saying that's the sole reason because I don't think that is, but it probably helps, right? And so, look, here's the thing: we said this yesterday, and we'll continue to say it. The narrative yesterday was: if Auburn doesn't get him, it's fine. We still have the greatest receiver room signed ever in the history of Auburn football. That's still true. And would we love to have Ryan Williams? Absolutely. Absolutely. But best of luck to him. If he does end up signing with Alabama, best of luck. We'll see him in the Iron Bowl. We've got our guys. We've got our dudes who want to be here, who want to be at Auburn, and want to compete for this school in this program. Let's rally around that. Let's support that and get ready for the fall. 334-321-1390. That's the number. Give me a call. Lots more Auburn talk, basketball, football, you name it. All that coming up in hour number two. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Thursday, January 25th, 2024. It is a uh, cloudy, dreary day, which is pretty appropriate for how most people are feeling today in this town after what happened last night in Tuscaloosa. Hour number two is underway. We're going to talk a lot more about what happened between Auburn and Alabama on the hardwood last night up in Coleman Coliseum. We've talked a lot about it today. We will continue to talk about it. 
It is a very, uh, very hot topic around here. And so uh, that was a lot of our number one. Uh, we also talked with Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He joined us on the phone lines as he does each and every Thursday. So we talked to talk to him a lot of basketball, uh, his thoughts on the Bama game last night. Also his little preview of the Mississippi State game coming up on Saturday uh, and also Tiger Talk tonight. So uh, that was really good as well. So if you missed any of it from hour number one, you know the drill, right? You can go and find the podcast ESPNAU.com or just go and search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Hour number two, got some phone calls we're going to get to also at 3.30. Chris Gordy, fan favorite uh, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the game last night. Other games around the SEC, some uh, other SEC conference news. Uh, <laughs> there was an arrest made today in the NFL from a former LSU player we got to get to, and I'm sure Chris is going to have some thoughts on that too. So that'll be exciting. We'll talk to him coming up in about 30 minutes. But until then, phone lines are open. Uh, you can give me a call, 334-321-1390. That's where we begin hour number two. And Terry, you're on the line. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Terry. Uh, a point that nobody's made and that, that, that needs to be made. Okay. I'm going to make it. Three straight times now, Nate Oates has completely outcoached Bruce Pearl. Now, last year, I think he had the better team on top of being the better coach. But last night, I think he coached circles around him. I really do. And yeah. He was better prepared, and he had the team more ready to play. Well, I'll say this, Terry. Him. That was something that's that's something on my uh, on my big old list that I have not gotten to. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe Bruce Pearl is now 3-6 and six against Nate Oates. Well, I don't know the record exactly, so I'll take your word for it. But I don't. I'd be hard time believing that's that's inaccurate. And I and I don't think your your statement's wrong. And it goes back to what I talked about earlier about the first half. And I think I was talking with Shane, uh, a caller that was in earlier, talking about how Alabama came in with a game plan, and Auburn came in unprepared for what Alabama does best, which is shooting the three ball and. Terry, that's not the first time that's happened, and so you're spot on. Well, and another thing that, that really bothered me, too, the Alabama appeared to be the more physical team than Auburn, and if I was Auburn last night, I would have – Mark Sears, who's clearly their best player, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. He would have to spend some time in the hot tub today because I would have made him so sore. And all those times he drove to the lane with nobody – uncontestedly. Yeah. you, you got to be physical with a guy like that. That's the only way you get him off his game – if, if you do nothing else, you, you put it in his head that this is going to happen if you come in here. Yeah, and that was, that was what we were expecting and hoping to see from guys like Denver Jones and Trey Donaldson. Maybe not so much Aiden Holloway, and, and, but I think Denver Jones, Trey Donaldson, Katie Johnson, that was their job last night. And, and you're right, they did not do a good job. And he was not scared, worried, threatened at all, was Mark Sears. And uh, he took advantage of it. And third point, how many wide-open shots did Auburn just oh, flat out miss? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, look, Auburn, we were talking with Brad. They shot a lot of threes, more than this team is supposed to shoot. Uh, they were playing catch-up, maybe playing a little worried and, and, and playing a little tight and tense, trying to get caught back up in this game. But, yeah, they did. I mean, just shot after shot. Most of them threes, they just couldn't hit. And, I mean, look. The, the game of basketball has not changed since it was invented, Terry. you got to make shots to win. And uh, Auburn still made more shots than Alabama did. Yeah. Appreciate it, Jacob. Have a good day. Thanks so much, Terry. 
321-1390. As we've got uh, my co-host on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Uncle T-Bone on the phone lines on a Thursday. What's up, man? Did I smoke you out on a Thursday? I'm here for my crow, Jacob. <laughs> I already ate mine, brother. You're up, man. Let me tell you what. I'm not going to let people get on here and talk bad about JG guarantees. And you're not going to get on here and call my man a loser today because he thought that this Auburn team should have gone into Tuscaloosa and handled business because they should have. There it is. And, and it's embarrassing today. And let me tell you, I'm not I, – I, my guarantee to you, listener, from now on, is no more Mr. Nice Guy from Uncle T-Bone, okay? Uh-oh. No more Mr. Boastful, overconfident, all is well. We're going to win them all. We're going to cover. No, 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 no. You're going to get nothing but negative Nancy – and bitterment job at fan for now on from Uncle T-Bone. I'm tired of it. We're terrible. <laughs> well, look, man, you and I were watching the game together last night, and, um, and look, it was just – we were just frustrated, man. And I think, I think that's where most Auburn fans sit right now, right? It's just like, man, this was a – believe it or not, this was a winnable game. No, nah, they should have won that game last night. They're the better team long term. Uh, I heard yesterday someone say on another show that Alabama, they're looking for Alabama to grow up. Uh, I thought Auburn had grown up and had grown past these type moments and was and had all that out of its system. It's one thing to not be uh, on your A game, but to roll up into Tuscaloosa with your D game in the first half, it's unexcusable. And this team obviously still has a lot of growing up to do. That includes Jalen Williams, who completely disappeared for the first half. That includes the coaches who continue to roll out Leor Berman, who has no business being on the court, let alone guarding the number one scorer in the SEC. There you go. There you go. I'm with you, man. I'm absolutely with you. It's gut check time for that Bruce Pearl program right now, as far as I'm concerned. I know that sounds ridiculous. We're 15-3, and Uncle T-Bone. We're going to the tournament. Well, let me tell you what, Jacob. If they play like that and roll up into that NCAA tournament, they'll be lucky to be better than two in barbecue. Mm, man, two Bounced in barbecue. Again in the second round. Again. And that's a shame. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I'm, this is I'm a with much you. better basketball team than we saw last night. Terribly, terribly, terribly disappointed in it. And I don't want to hear about the frantic comeback and how great, or well, whatever. Should have never even been in that position. Let them know. Let them know, Make man. Make free throws, man. They're free. Free. F-R-E-E. That spells free in my book. That's all I got, brother. I'll see you tomorrow. Y'all lay off Jacob. He's a good man. <laughs> man, Uncle Tebow, my biggest hype man, man. I need him here. I, we need him here every day, man. What's he doing out there trying to work a real job and make money and support his family and everything? We need him in the we need him in the studio. He'll be back tomorrow, Will Uncle T-Bone, and he'll have more thoughts on it. I appreciate you calling in, brother. I hope you're doing well on this Thursday. Um, he's fired up. And look, I think so many Auburn fans feel that way right there, right? So many of you are just disappointed, frustrated. This this was not a Auburn played great, Auburn was in it till the end, and Bama hit a three at the buzzer to win, right? That would be a disappointing loss where it's like, dang, we were there, probably should have won, but you know what? We got beat on a crazy buzzer beat or something like that. Uh-uh. This was a game where Auburn was the much better team. Auburn was not favored. They were the underdog, and 
we couldn't believe it. Why? And look, Las Vegas did it again. Las Vegas did it again. I say it all the time. Those buildings out there are pretty nice, and they're nice for a reason. Bama was favored by three and a half. Guess what? They won by four. That's as close as it gets, right? But you play that game ten more times in the same building, lights on the whole time, ten more times in that building. I don't think Auburn plays like that again. But here's my problem. And look, I'm, I'm starting to second-guess myself as we sit here right now. I could have swore that after the App State game and how Auburn has been playing since the Appalachian State performance, I thought we'd never see that again. And I'll say this. Last night was not an App State performance. Last night was not a game where Auburn played like they did against App State. I, I, I won't accept that. I don't think they're the same. I don't. Because I think Auburn... Auburn just didn't play good in the first half, okay? They played a bad first half. They got lost. They got scared. They got they just got shocked, really. And it took a really good second half to get back into it, and they did. The second half Auburn, for the most part, was the Auburn we've seen for the last two, three weeks, right? The last month or so since that App State game. And myself included, we got blinded by what we've seen, by what we saw. But I still, after the loss last night, I still feel that Auburn should go into that game and win in Tuscaloosa against that Alabama team. I still think they should do that more times than not. And I have a good feeling that Auburn beats that Alabama team by 15 or 20 when they come to Neville in a couple of games. And I think if you play that neutral floor in the NCAA tournament, I think Auburn wins because Alabama's not going to hit that many threes. They're not going to do that every game. Look at the Tennessee game. They don't play that way every night. And Auburn just wasn't ready, which is mind-boggling to me, which brings us back to a very uncomfortable conversation for Auburn fans. And we're going to get to the phone lines in just a second. This brings up a very uncomfortable conversation for Auburn folks, and I'm one of them. And I'm not just bringing this conversation up because Auburn lost, right? We're preaching BP. We're preaching this team and program. They're still really good, folks, okay? They're still really good. But it's games like that where Auburn comes in, clearly the better team, clearly more talented. They come in underprepared. They get shocked on the road. And they can't get out of it. I put that on Bruce Pearl. I put that on the coaching staff because they are not above criticism. I don't care. They're not. They're not above criticism. And that performance is on them. Not calling timeouts and big runs by Alabama. That's on them. Not having your team's game plan for Alabama shooting the three ball. That's on them. And a lot of people don't like to talk that way. And a lot of people don't like for people to go after this staff. And I love Bruce Pearl. And I love the coaches on this staff. I love them as coaches. I love them as people. But performances like this can't happen. They've happened too often. And I know you're tired of it, and so am I. 334-321-1390. We'll get back to the phone lines. Andy, you're on the line, brother. I know you're a little sad today. 
That and a little broker, too. Um, <laughs> I'm, was, was that your counterpart, uh, T-Bone, calling in a minute ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, he's with okay. me Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, but I, uh, I smoked him out of the office for a second. He got fired up. Right. Well, I, I needed to hear that. I heard a bunch of nice people calling. I kind of turned my volume down, and I heard a little anger, so I turned it up. And um, you basically said everything I was going to say. Um, you know, if they played – Ten games, I couldn't afford it. I could only afford last night. And when they started hitting those threes, yeah, you know, I called you. I said, mm-hmm. you know, three three reasons they're gonna win, and one of them is because I, I put so much money on it. That's on me. That's part of the fun. Um, even though after like the six three, I had to turn it off. So I guess it wasn't too much fun. <laughs> but um, uh, again, I love Coach Pearl. Go to church with the man. He is a great human. But I am I am disappointed in you if you're listening. I hope you are. Um, you, you made a great team just good last night, you know, and we could be great. Um, yeah, just, if there's only a way to, to stop someone shooting threes, you know, if only someone could invent that play, um, you know, there's ways to stop it. But the worst thing, honestly, when Alabama's hot, when I saw Auburn going down and shooting those threes, it's like we forgot identity. Yeah. I mean, we got someone pushed us around and we forgot our identity that quick and Alabama ball game. I'm still hurting from the stupid football game. Right. And um, it's just, it, it, uh, I slept in a little later than I should have today because these people get paid a lot of money. These young boys get paid a lot of money, um, you know, choked in that first half. So a little disappointed, but I think, you know, just like Alabama went to Tennessee, I told you, the best time to bet on a team is after a loss. So everyone go and, uh, Maybe my kids can eat uh, after Saturday. I mean, <laughs> appreciate the call, Andy. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yeah, I think there's some uh, dirt and rocks out on Opelika Road you could eat if you need to uh, to get you through to payday tomorrow. Uh, if you lost a little bit on Auburn last night, but you know. He brought it up right there, and that's, again, I, I have a whole list of things that I've, I've touched on a lot of them today. You, the callers, have hit on a bunch of them today as well. Just things that I wanted to talk about from that game last night, and that was a big one that Andy just brought up there. Auburn forgot who they were last night. Auburn just completely ditched their identity. That's a great word for it, Andy. Their identity. The thing that has made them so good up to this point, Right? They get inside, they score in the paint, they're physical, they force turnovers, they're really, really good defensively, they play lockdown defense, and they just bully people. And they let their depth take control, and they wear the other team out. All of those things that Auburn has done all season long to get them to what was an undefeated start in SEC play, to be a top eight team in the country, to be top five in every ranking, net, Kim Palm, wherever you want to look. They completely ditched that last night when they got knocked down. And again, I said this in hour one. I'm going to say it again right here. Alabama deserves a ton of credit. They did a lot of that. They forced Auburn to be extremely uncomfortable. Auburn shot. I'm going to pull it back up here. Auburn shot from behind the three-point line 25 times. That's not this Auburn team. They can. They can knock them down at times, right? Janai hit one to start. We've seen him. He's good for one a game to shoot two or three. Aiden Holloway, he's not been shooting well, folks. He's just not. He is not shooting the ball well right now. Katie Johnson can hit some here and there. CBM can hit some here and there. Denver can hit some here and there. 
But Auburn's identity is not behind the three-point line and getting a shootout with another three-point shooting team. But yet, in, in times of struggle, in times of worry, that's what they went back to. And I don't fully understand that. I get it. Like I, I get why you would think that way. But it doesn't make sense because that's not who this team is. And not only did they do that, you had KD Johnson going back to 2021 KD, dribbling between the legs, running in through the lane, taking out three people with him, jacking up threes between the legs, step back, all that mess. Chad Baker trying to do it by himself, I understand, but that's not it, man. And Auburn, when they gave it to Janai, he scored. Aiden struggled. Denver disappeared. Jalen Williams went back to playing scared. I mean, just, it was a bad night. And I think Alabama deserves a lot more credit than they're getting for their game plan. And give Nate Oates, who, again, Terry brought this up earlier. I think he outcoached Bruce last night. I think he did. And for me, man, I just don't see how that can happen. We'll get to our first break in hour number two. Mark, you're going to be first up when we come back. Last segment for calls because Chris Gordy's coming up later on in the show, host of the Locked on SCC podcast. He'll join us coming up in just a bit. But, Mark, you'll be first up when we come back on the Thursday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back to the phone lines here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Been another busy day. I figured it would be. 334-321-1390. Mark, I appreciate you holding on, man. What's up? Hey, guy. I got to uh, disagree with a few things that you said. Okay. First, uh, I think you made the comment that Auburn is not a 25 three-point, uh, you know, 25 shots a game of three points. Mm-hmm. I believe they are averaging that this year. And they might be. If I'm wrong, I think they're averaging over 23 pointers a game. Let me go look. Let me go. Now, I, I yeah. said that in a, in a, in a way my of. Problem, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. The problem I have, the problem is, I think, is when they throw those three pointers up during a game. And okay. I think that's what you were trying to get to. Yeah, and but I. But I do believe, I think we're averaging 20 or 25 three pointers per game. Mm, let me see. Yeah, well, I, I was saying that more in a. That I don't think that's the recipe for success for Auburn, right? I mean that that throwing yeah, up, you know, throwing up that many threes, and while they and I'll pull that up and see if I can find it. Just a second, they may be averaging somewhere around there, and if they are, then yeah. then then I apologize, I'm being a little wrong. But I was saying that more, and yeah, I, I just don't think that's the winning recipe for Auburn, and I think you're spot on too with the timing of those threes. Like you got to take them in the right moments when they're open. It's in rhythm, right? It's part of the offense rather than dribble down, cross over half court, and let's throw this thing up from 30 feet yeah. and pray it goes in. And the other uh, item is uh, I do believe that is Alabama's makeup. I mean, I believe out 100 percent often than not this year. I mean, yeah, against Tennessee, they had an off night. But even the games that they lost against Purdue and uh, who was it Arizona, you know they were they were scoring points in those games. They just didn't get the uh, well Purdue for sure I think, but uh, it's just that you know they were allowing so many also, and I think you know Purdue was going inside with it, which we were eating them alive last night for a while. Yeah. But uh, 
you know, I think the one thing that I agree 100% with what Bruce Pearl said earlier, we are not a top 10 team. I don't think we're as good as our rating is right now. Not to say that we're not one of the 10 best teams, but I don't think we deserve it right now because we haven't beaten a quad one team. We haven't, you know, we've dominated who we've played, but at the same time, we haven't earned that right yet. Now, basketball is not like football. When you lose the game, you know, you can jump off the ledge or whatever at that point. But <laughs> in basketball, yeah. sometimes this game could be way better than it. I mean, it's going to serve us better than if we'd have won the game, I believe. Very well could be the case. It very well could be. And, and yeah, I think, you know, with, with basketball, that is one of the luxuries where you do play – you play enough games to where, like, losing – well, and, you know, Brad Law was talking about this. Auburn and the metrics and Ken Palm and Net and everything didn't move. They didn't go anywhere, right? And so, right. you know, the loss, while it, it hurts to lose it, it doesn't really hurt you in the outlook of the season uh, according to the NCAA tournament and all of that. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And you are right. Auburn average is just under 24 threes a game attempted. Um, but you're, you're, you're right when, it, when talking about the timing of those. It's got to be in the right moments. And Auburn can knock them down in those times. But shooting them and just, and just hacking them up like they did last night, that's not going to work. No. And Jalen Williams, I don't know why he wasn't inside. He should have been in there with Denai just having a field day on those guys. Agreed. But, Agreed. Uh, and then the other thing, you know, we you mentioned about Bruce Pearl. This is frustrating me since he's been there, but it is what he does, and that he will not call timeouts on a run. I hate it. He, I can't stand it. I don't either. But that's his. That's the way he coaches. And yeah. Who am I to argue with him? Right. You yeah. know, he sticks to his guns, and I'll let it. You know, but it frustrates me. But that's him, though. And that's the devil worst, you know, that we got. And I love having him. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, the guy that I'm not even going to mention his name. It's like a Harson to Terry. But, you, know, <laughs> you don't uh, want to speak his name. He'll show back up. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about yeah. from Kentucky, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, but anyway, have a great afternoon. Enjoy the show. Thanks so much, Mark. I appreciate you calling in. Final caller here before we get to a break. And Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. Look, Mark is Mark is right about uh, a couple of things. Auburn does. They average just under 24 three-point attempts per game. Um, and again, I, I was saying that in, a, in, a, in an aspect of Auburn can't go in shooting just a ton of threes and that try to be their MO, go to, and get out of a hole because that's not what helped them get out of the hole last night. They went inside. They fed Janai Broom. He got a couple of and ones. Auburn forced some turnovers, got some transition buckets, right? That's what got Auburn back into the game last night. And so that has to be the mindset and the game plan regardless of the score. And to what Mark said about Bruce Pearl's comments earlier before this game, maybe a week or so ago, Bruce Pearl told us. He said, this is not a top 10 team right now. He said, this team has overachieved what people thought they were going to, but he said, we're not as good as we as they think we are. Basically saying, we ain't ready yet. And guess what? Last night proved that. Auburn's still looking for a quad one win. They don't have one yet which tells me they've yet to beat a good team. We'll talk more basketball, SEC football news, 
all sorts of good stuff about the SEC with Chris Gordy coming up here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Don't go anywhere. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here in hour number two and on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins, and this guy, he does that better than anybody. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, joining us here on the phone lines as he does every Thursday. Chris, happy Thursday, man. How are things over there? Uh, doing good, man. Uh, you know, hell of a basketball game last night. Unfortunately, uh, Auburn couldn't uh, couldn't take care of business. But uh, hey, it was fun to see the Alabama faithful celebrate like crazy that they got a wide receiver that was uh, already committed to them, then decommitted, then recommitted. <laughs> Yet I saw all these messages. Oh, and y'all said Kalen DeBoer can't recruit. I said. Guys, the kid was already committed. He just decommitted and then recommitted. It's not exactly like he went into some uh, living room in Orlando and pulled out the biggest five-star ever. Like, he just got the kid that was already committed. So, uh, hey, we'll see. Time will tell if Kalen DeBoer will recruit at Alabama. Yeah, well, I want to start right there. We'll get to the basketball stuff as we go. But, yeah, Ryan Williams did uh, recommit to Alabama yesterday afternoon. And, and, you know, I'm sure he chose Alabama because it's such a great place to be and he believes in Kalen DeBoer. NIL had nothing to do with it, right? (laughs) Well, and also, it was funny when the the report had first come out that he had decommitted from Alabama and then it came out that – I saw a couple people that had crystal balled him to Auburn. I'm going, wait a minute, Auburn? I'm like, the same Auburn that just signed, like, multiple stud four- and five-star receivers in this class? I was just like, it didn't didn't jive because I was like, wait, Alabama's actually, like, they just lost Isaiah Bond to Texas. Like, they just lost guys. And so, uh, you know, it just kind of seemed more like if, you know, when he reclassified, moved up, I was like, it would have made more sense for him to go to Alabama. So I was a little surprised when it said – when it originally had flipped to Auburn, but yeah, with Cam Coleman and what Bryce Kane and all the different guys they have in this class, Perry Thompson, I think uh, I think Auburn's going to be just fine. So uh, yeah, look, it's a good get. Bama needed it. It, it certainly, you know, is a, a little bit of a sigh of relief uh, the first two weeks on the job for Kalen DeBoer. But by no means is this any sign of him being able to recruit, right? I mean, it's just this Alabama for years they could sell the kids. Nick Saban is is NIL. Nick Saban is the, the inducement here. You're going to get coached by the greatest coach of all time, and when it's all said and done, he'll, you're going to win a championship and maybe be a first or a second round pick. That was the sell for Bama. And now it's a level playing field. You don't have the greatest coach of all time, and now it's what's in it for me? Well, you better get that collective money going. And it sounds like Alabama's kind of been doing a, a good job of that these last couple of weeks, getting the uh, the NIL money going. But yeah, that's that sounds like all it was with Ryan Williams is, hey, we got the money, and here you go. And, and it's understandable, and, and, and I think a lot of it is what you said, too, with him. He can now go to Alabama and be – he can be it, right? He can be the guy at Alabama where, yeah, if he comes to Auburn, I mean, he could still be one of the top guys. I mean, he's obviously one of the most talented receivers in that class, but he'd be joining the highest-rated recruiting class and receiver in the history of Auburn football, Chris. Yeah, no doubt. I just I, – I think kids look at it as I want to play – you know, I want to play, if not immediately, um, you know, at least 
pretty quickly and get see the field, get some experience. But as we know, it's it's not so much just because you get a kid in this recruiting cycle doesn't mean he's going to be here three, four years. That's why I laugh when you know, at the Under Armour game we still have these kids saying for the next three to four years I'm going to, and I'm like, man, that that is going out the window soon. Yeah, it's pretty soon on signing days you're going to hear. For the next year, I have committed to Auburn. You know, it's like that's all it is. You're getting a one-year commitment because if these kids are not getting what they came to get in year one, they're hitting the transfer portal and they're moving elsewhere. So, yeah, I just, again, Auburn did a fantastic job this recruiting cycle, particularly at receiver. I just thought that was one position where it, it didn't make much sense to add him to that group. Chris Gordy joining us on the phone lines. He's the host of the daily SEC podcast called Locked on SEC. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Before we get to basketball, some news that happened today uh, from a former SEC player, former uh, LSU Tiger there, Chris, a New England Patriots. Kayshawn Booty was arrested today because this young man decided he wanted to place 9,000 bets during his time in, at LSU in Baton Rouge. A couple of times he bet on himself and the LSU Tigers. Man, what do you make of that? Well, I've always said if you're going to allow, like if sports betting is going to be legal, athletes should be allowed to bet on themselves and their team, right? I mean, what's the, what's the problem there? It, it always becomes the betting against yourself. Like the Pete Rose stuff, I think we all get very hypocritical on. But, like, if we're going to make stuff legal, I get it. They're going to say, oh, I can't bet, period. And he was underage when he was doing it and all that. But, like, I just, like, I, when I hear a guy made a bet and they're like, he bet on his own game, I go, okay, well, what's the details? They go, well, he bet that he was going to have a good game and his team was going to win. And I'm like, is that really the, the worst thing in the world? Like, to me, it's if you were out there loafing and betting against your team, then, yeah, that, then we got a problem. But, um, no, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, I – I'm a pretty avid sports better myself, and I don't think I've made 8,900 bets in a lifetime. That's so insane. It's pretty crazy that he made those in, a, in a, a little over a year span. And they said only 17 of them were on college football. I'm like, what in the hell was he betting? Like, yeah. soccer, rugby? like That's, you that's, know, that's early morning Russian ping pong right there, Chris. Oh, yeah. I mean, like weird Russian, you know, A-League basketball. <laughs> like, I don't know what in the God. world he was betting on. With all those, I wonder, you know, were a lot of them parlays or what? But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty fascinating story. And it just goes back to, you know, Kayshawn was an easy kid to root for. He was a Louisiana kid. You, know, you hoped, uh, you know, the light would come on. He had a fantastic, I think, uh, his end of his freshman or sophomore year uh, performance against Ole Miss where he had like 200 yards. And you were like, oh, this kid's going to be the next big thing. They give him the number seven. You know, you think the, everything's going to come on. And, you know, there was issues right out of the gates when Brian Kelly got hired. He, he clashed with Brian Kelly, and Brian Kelly's going, look, dude, you appreciate your talent, but I'm the head coach here. You you know, I dictate, I call the shots here. I dictate things, not yeah. you. And so, you know, they, they did a good job of taking care of, him, care of him. They got an NIL deal from a local attorney. They got him a sports car that he wanted and all this stuff. And, you know, the question was, we, you know, we gave you all this stuff. Now it's time for you to do the work. And we kept hearing times, you know, about where, he was late to practice, or he didn't show up to this. And, you know, Brian Kelly, they were trying to do right by it. Hey, we're going to target you early. You know, I think it was the Southern game that year. They were like, we're going to get you the first three or four passes in your hands. Like, they tried to do right by the kid. It just, everything, you know, selfish and, and that kind of stuff, it just, it got the best of him. And, you know, he was supposed, he was a kid that was literally a year prior projected to be a first-round pick, and he fell. And the Patriots took him, you know, took a flyer on him, and 
everything I heard through training camp with the Patriots was, was that he was doing well. They really liked him. He's a great talent. But I just think sometimes these kids, they get in their own way. You know, I heard a story a couple weeks ago. Nick Saban was having exit interviews with a lot of his kids from, you know, the end of the season before he had considered retiring. And he said almost, you know, over half the kids he met with said, you know, asked about NIL and, hey, you know, what's in it for me? He said not one of the kids asked me, how can I get better? Hmm. And I think that's where we are with the modern-day athlete is how many of these kids truly and genuinely are there about, you know, thinking first about what can I do to improve my game and make myself a great player? And then, yes, I'd also like the NIL money that comes with it. But it's just I think it's a sign of the times of where we are now in college football. Kayshawn Booty was arrested, and Louisiana State Police said the charges against Booty, who is 21 years old, include a felony count of computer fraud and a misdemeanor count of gambling prohibited for persons under the age of 21. He also, uh, during his time at LSU, wore the famous number seven, which is uh, one of the you know the legacy numbers down there in Baton Rouge. If you wear that number seven, you you're you're legit right down there uh, with the LSU football program. So that was some interesting news today. But but, but isn't isn't that charge the same as like? And I did this back in the day. Use a fake ID to get in a casino and you bet. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. think that's the. I don't think that's the craziest thing. Yeah, he wasn't old enough to bet, so of course he made up a fake account and lied about his age. How else can you make? You can't make the bets if you if you're if you're not doing that. Did you so, see his username though, know. Chris? Did you see what his username was on the betting website? No, it was. It? I think it was like Keyshawn Booty one Like I'm pretty. I saw something oh, on X. Now man. I don't know if that's true. But I saw some of the words username was his first name, last name, and 01. Like, nothing discreet well, at all. You know, maybe that's the genuine psycho. He's like, if I, <laughs> if I use my own name, they'll never suspect it's actually me. It's so, somebody uh, trying to steal my identity. He's going to play the victim here. Yeah, I just think we, we get we get enamored sometimes when, when things like this happen to an athlete. And we go, oh, I was despicable. And it's like, take a step back and go, like, you never used a fake ID to get in a bar or, like, right. you know, a casino or something. I get it. Like, it's against the law. But, like, at the end of the day, did what he did hurt anybody? Like, come on. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's it's wild news. I mean, I think the biggest wild part of that is the 8,900 bets. That's just fascinating to me um, that he was able to pull that off. And, I mean, shoot, credit to him. That's impressive. But um, we'll see what happens there. And then just some, some news from, from a former player. Well, Around well, the SEC. It could have been worse. He could have been like Brandon Miller and provide a murder weapon. You know, I think that's a little bit worse. Hey, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I would say that's a tad bit worse, but hey, you know, that's a, that's a story for a different time. That's, that's old Alabama, Chris. That's, that's old NATO. It's an old Alabama. Oh my yeah, goodness! And, and, it, and it was a little bit of a murder last night on the uh, on the boards for uh, for Alabama. They uh, man, they they played they played very well. I mean, it, it, kudos to Auburn for making it a game in the second half. I thought. At halftime, I was all but ready to write Auburn's obituary, but they 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 battled back. What well, took the lead, you know, one point lead with nine minutes to go, and kept kept doing what they needed to do, but uh, just couldn't get the shots to fall that they needed in the final minutes. And kudos to Alabama, man. I mean, they they kept you know felt like offensive boards. Like every time they got a miss, they would get the rebound and get you know get a putback or get a foul or something, but. Really entertaining game, um, you know, despite the, the lights going out uh, early in the game. But, uh, no, that was, that was a hell of a basketball game. And the, the whole mantra of the Iron Bowl of basketball, uh, you know, I thought it lived up to the hype. And we'll see what it looks like when Bama's got to go to Auburn 
in, in coming weeks. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, what uh, I guess you kind of gave your thoughts there, but I guess where do these teams go from here? And then uh, we'll get your thoughts on some other SEC teams and games going on yesterday, throughout this week, and coming up this weekend. But where do these two teams go, right? Auburn's still looking for a quad one win. Alabama maybe just got their best win of the year. Yeah, I thought I, I just thought it was more about, you know, playing in a hostile environment with that venue. I mean, they had Jalen Milrow in the house, Malachi Moore. I mean, they were uh, – Oh, we know, hey, we know Jalen Milrow was there. We know. He, he was on the broadcast <laughs> for about an hour. Yeah, I mean, they, they, it just – there's some places to play in, in the SEC. You just know it's going to be a hostile environment to go into, and, and you figured that was the case. Um, like I said, give, give Auburn and Bruce Pearl credit. I mean, they could have folded up shop and quit, and they kept fighting and battling and – you know, if you'd asked me, uh, you know, early in the week, who's the best team in the SEC, I would have said hands down it's Auburn. So um, I don't think my opinions changed on that just with, you know, them suffering the first loss in the conference. Um, Alabama's still a little bit Jekyll and Hyde to me. I'm not, I'm not buying, you know, this, in other words, this win doesn't forgive the transgressions from the rest of the season. They're still a very inconsistent basketball team. Uh, they've been playing much better as of late, and particularly since they've gotten into conference play. Uh, even though they got blown out by Tennessee uh, last weekend. But um, I just think that's the rigors of going on the road in the, in the conference, and, and it's going to happen. But for Auburn, the big key is just don't hang your head, right? I mean, bounce back. You got another road game this weekend going to Mississippi State. And it's not the toughest place to play, but it's not, it's not easy. You can't just overlook it. So, you know, after that, you get Vandy's winnable. You got to go to Ole Miss. But, you know, they seem to dispose of Ole Miss pretty well uh, last, that last time out last weekend. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, it gets brutal down the stretch when you still have to play Kentucky and Tennessee. So, uh, we'll see. I still, Like I said, I, I still have faith in Auburn. I still think they're the best team in the SEC. Alabama certainly put up, you know, it's a big resume uh, builder for them yesterday. But uh, I still think Auburn's, uh, like I said, probably the best team in the SEC still. Other results around the conference from Tuesday and yesterday. You had Kentucky get just blasted by South Carolina. You had Georgia get a big win last night over LSU. Georgia now 4-2 in the SEC. Florida gets a nine-point win over Mississippi State. Ole Miss did what everybody's doing to Arkansas. They beat them by uh, a lot to a little. I mean, what's happening in this conference, Chris? It's, it's pretty unpredictable right now. Well, the biggest story to me is Arkansas and, and what the heck has happened there. I mean, we know Buss has recruited very well. At the roster with some really good players, and they're just not getting it done, man. I mean, night in and night out, it's either the offense is is awful or the defense is inconsistent. I mean, that's since they've gotten the conference play, it's crazy. Go look at their point totals: 51, 66, 68, 64, and then 51 last night. That's not going to get it done. Like this is a conference where you got to be scoring in the 70s uh, to get wins, and they just don't have the offense right now. Shots are not falling, so. Uh, I love Musk. He's, he's a great dude. And he's a really, really good head coach. But man, this is this might be one of the most disappointing seasons in, in recent history for Auburn or for Arkansas basketball. So they got to do some soul searching. Uh, Vandy and Mizzou, sorry, it's just they're they're the doormats of the league. But you got this middle of the pack like A and M, Florida, Ole Miss, LSU, and I guess I'll put Georgia in there. They're, they're way better than I thought they would be at fourteen and five. I think they said they're like eleven and one at home this year. Um, any of those teams could beat you on any given night. So I, I think the cream of the crop is still Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky, and I think we'll put South Carolina in that mix too. I mean, uh, Lamont Paris has done an awesome job there. Uh, I was listening to something yesterday where they were saying he's basically his style of coaching when he was an assistant coach at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He's brought that to South Carolina where it's ugly. It's, you know, we're going we're gonna to play ball control. We're going to eat up clock. 
we're going to uh, not turn the ball over, and we're just going to kill you with, you know, with grinded out basketball, and it's working for South Carolina. It's getting, they're getting it done. So I probably would, th- would put them in the upper tier with those other schools. But like I said, that middle of the pack is what's, so, is what's just so unpredictable. Like I said, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida, A&M, any of those teams could beat you on any given night if you don't bring your A game. Yeah, and that's what we're going to figure out here in the last week of January and getting into February, early March. I mean, this is this is the time right now, Chris, where people teams start to separate, right? You do freak, you start to figure out that true top-tier teams in the SEC and in other conferences around college basketball and, and those middle-of-the-pack bubble teams, if you will, and uh, Selection Sunday will be here before we know it. Yeah, and that's where I think Auburn, like I said, this Saturday game is a big one to me because you go, you go into Starkville, you win this one, You'll come back home, beat Vanderbilt. Uh, we'll see about the road trip to Ole Miss. You should win that one. And then, man, February 7th, we're staring down a monster of Alabama coming uh, coming back to Auburn and, and certainly one that you got to win. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, your daily go-to spot for all things SEC. We appreciate him joining us as he does every Thursday here on, on ESPN 106.7 at 3.30. Chris, tell everybody where to find it, how to find it, what's coming up on Locked on SEC. Yeah, just wherever you get your podcast. We literally uh, we just went over uh, five thousand YouTube subscribers today. Ah, so, congratulations! Uh, on board. Thanks, man. Yeah, we've uh, we've been killing it on the audio side for a couple of years now, but yeah, you know, we just started doing the video about two years ago and kind of building it from scratch, and it's uh, it's really taken off. I mean, so, so, so many people have jumped the board. So check us out tomorrow. We'll have everybody, Stephen Willis on, kind of previewing what Ole Miss is doing in the portal. Uh, not killing it on the recruiting trail, but killing it through the transfer portal. So we'll dissect that tomorrow as we kind of look ahead to spring ball. It'll be here right around the corner. Awesome, man. Hey, you do a fantastic job. We appreciate you dropping on the show, and uh, we'll talk to you again next Thursday. And, hey, college baseball, it'll be starting up a couple weeks from now too. Oh, yeah, and, I, and I've heard the SEC is going to be pretty good in that this year, so keep an eye out. Yeah, yeah, they, they typically are all right in baseball. <laughs> uh, appreciate the time, Chris. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next Thursday. All right, thanks, man. That's Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. Go check it out. Man, he he does just a wonderful job and, and such a good friend. And, and yeah, congratulations to him, man. 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, that That's no joke, folks. That's a that's a top-tier Locked on podcast, a part of that Locked on podcast network. So go check him out, Chris Gordy and Locked on SEC. We'll come back, wrap it up, our final segment here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Been a great show today, huh? Been a lot of fun here in the studio. I mean, we've gotten fired up. Don't you don't you worry. We have gotten fired up on this show today. I have, uh, listeners have, callers have. Uh, we even had Uncle T-Bone uh, call in today. He's normally not with us on, on Thursdays, but uh, he had a few things to say today as well. So tons of phone calls, great guest. We had Brad Law uh, from the Auburn Sports Network who joined us in the first hour. Just got done talking with Chris Gordy, uh, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. Uh, so outside of those two guests, man, tons of calls. We've talked to Auburn basketball. Uh, we talked to Ryan. Williams news uh, we even talked about the Kayshawn Booty news getting arrested for uh, gambling on his own games at LSU so that's interesting so lots of more to to discuss on the show tomorrow but if you missed any of the show today uh, you know where to find it ESPNAU.com uh, or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast do you want to shout it out again 
tonight over on Tiger Country, 104.5 and TigerCountry.net on the Lee Scott Sports Network. I'll be live with my color commentator, Christian Griffin. Uh, we'll be live for Lee Scott Academy Basketball in Glenwood. It's the Warriors and the Gators, uh, the two big rivals uh, over there uh, for the Warriors. And uh, we'll be on the road at Glenwood regular season finale tonight. Uh, we got some seedings on the line for girls and boys. Uh, so excited for that region tournament will begin next week. It's like the area tournament. Uh, so we'll have that starting next week. And uh, really crazy that high school basketball coming down the stretch because I got the baseball schedule the other day. That starts in February, folks. Starts for high school and college. So uh, that'll be here before we know it, too. So if you're looking for something to listen to tonight, you can tune in over on Tiger Country 104.5 for some Lee Scott basketball. Hear me and Christian uh, calling some basketball. We always have a lot of fun. Also, uh, over on uh, Wings 94.3 and wingsfm.com, you can find uh, Tiger Talk will be over there tonight. They will be, uh, they'll be in studio is what Brad said. So uh, not at Bomb Howers. They'll be in studio for Tiger Talk, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock on Wings 94.3 and wingsfm.com. Coming up on the show tomorrow, Free for All Friday with Uncle T-Bone back in the house. You know how that is. We'll talk all things Auburn basketball football talk about the games coming up this weekend talk the nfl playoff games coming up this weekend too cannot forget about those and a whole lot more and the phone lines will be open the whole show free for all friday tomorrow on the uh, friday edition of on the line right here on espn 106.7 i appreciate you being here thank you so much go check out the podcast tune in to lee scott basketball tonight and uh, yeah we'll be back tomorrow two to four right here on ESPN 106.7. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.